day of your coming, O Lord. We look for that day, O God, for your great and mercy towards us. <clears throat> amen, amen. Psalms 95. Again, we're going to pick up at verse 6. Psalms 95, verse 6. If you have your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one. <laughs> Amen. Psalms 95, starting with verse 6. Everybody there say amen. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, Harden not your heart as in the day, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swore in my wrath that they should not enter and to my rest. Amen. And I want to minister to you today from this thought. The rest is in the way. The rest is in the way. Father, we exalt you again. Lord, we thank you again today, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us, O God. Let us not leave the way that we came, God, but let us leave changed and renewed and refreshed and in the right way and on the right path. Heading towards you, O oh God, and focusing on you and all that we do from this day forth. We thank you, God, and we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Amen. The rest is in the way. Amen. You know, it seems that so many people are restless. <laughs> they don't seem to have a lot of rest. You know, I, I, I once read a thing that, in the 24-hour day, if we rest eight hours, if we worked eight hours, and we played around for eight hours, then why is everybody so tired? Think about it. There's 24 hours in the day, right? So if I worked eight hours, and I rested eight hours, and I had all kinds of fun and everything else the other eight hours, why am I tired? I should have rest, right? But what you find is a lot of times we find ourselves focusing on so many other things and doing so many other things that really doesn't matter and accepts the energy out of us. Jesus said the thief came not but for the steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan's overall goal is to cause you to be in torment and to not have rest. That's why if you ever notice your mailboxes, you might be looking for some very good mail. And what happens? You get all kinds of junk mail and, and, and you're focusing on all those things that are taking place. And as a result, it's all designed to steal your rest away from you. So you have to realize that God has a way and we've got to get in that right way 
if we're going to have rest. Throughout the scriptures, you find that God constantly used the word, but they would not hear. See, when we hear the word of God, we've got to become doers of God's word. Or not, we will not have the rest that we have need of. Even Jesus told his disciples, come apart and rest a while. Amen. Either you come apart or you're going to come apart. So you need to decide, I'm going to get away. I'm going to get along with Jesus. As the song says, I'm coming to the garden along while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. You see, the children of Israel had found themselves in captivity and in bondage for over 400 years. When God had told Abraham, when Abraham had asked God for a son, God told them, Abraham, you're going to have a son, but I want you to know in advance, they're going into captivity for over 400 years, but I will bring them back to this very point. And we know that Israel was inside of Egypt. Uh, When they first came into Egypt, Joseph was now second in command. Joseph was the one that put them in the best land. When they came in, when he sent back to get his father Jacob and his brothers and their family. They came into Egypt with 70 people. Pharaoh was in command. But he allowed Joseph, who was second in command, to put them in the place that Joseph wanted them to be. Joseph placed his family in the best parts in Goshen in the land of Egypt. And they had everything that they wanted. Amen. It was fruitful. It was everything that they needed. But the Bible lets us know that after a period of time, there arose another Pharaoh that did not know Joseph, and as a result of this, the children of Israel found themselves in slavery and in captivity. They was required to work in the hot sun. They was required to build pyramids. They was required to labor. And so in slavery and in bondage, you won't find rest uh, because you're so busy working and, and going about trying to uh, please your master so you don't get beat and things of this nature so they really did not have rest and so God finally sent Moses in to bring them out of that captivity and to bring them to the land of promise so that they would have rest but the Bible lets us know that when they got to the door of the promise they could not enter in because of their unbelief. They had taken on the slave mentality. They had taken on the bondage mentality that they did not believe that God could do anything for them. And we have to realize this as the church of the 21st century that if we're not careful, we can get in that same mindset that if we don't get rest and if we don't focus on God, we can begin to focus on so many other things that we won't have rest. And when you're not have the rest you need, you make wrong choices and you make wrong decisions and you won't believe that God is able to do anything for you. 
you won't believe the Word of God. You will start to lean into your own understanding and you begin to trust in your own self and your own ways and you won't believe that God can do anything. You will begin to take matters into your hand. You won't learn how to wait upon the Lord so that He can renew your strength. You won't learn how to trust Him at every juncture in your life and as a result you will be filled with anxiety and weary and problems and pain and troubles because you won't trust God. They could not enter in, the Bible says, because of unbelief. Isaiah says in Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not short that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquity have separated thee between you and your God, and your sin have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Notice what he said. He says, God's ear ain't heavy. He can't hear you. Amen. You have to search yourself and ask yourself, uh, am I in sin? Am I living in sin? Uh, am I doing wrong or am I doing right? We heard this morning about commitment and determination and faithfulness uh, to the things of God. You see, God has our very best interests at heart uh, and God is taking us to a better place and God has nothing but good for us. Amen. In Him is no evil at all. And so He wants us to have the right way. So Isaiah says His ears not heavy that He can't hear you and His hand is not short, but our iniquities are separating us. Our wrong ways are separating us. And so, if we don't believe in God's ability, it becomes sin. And it will separate us. Isaiah goes on in that 59th chapter in verse 7 and 8. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting in destructions or in their paths. The ways of peace they know not. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths where so goeth their end shall not know peace. So notice, they've made their own way crooked. They are the one that is doing it themselves. They don't know peace. Isaiah 96 says, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Isaiah goes on and says, He will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon Him, because you trust in Him. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is an ever-saving strength. He is your peace. He is the one that breaks down the middle wall of partition amongst us. We don't want to make crooked ways. We want to do what God says for us to do. Isaiah goes on in verse 14. He says, Judgments is turn away backwards and justice standing afar off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter in. We're in a bad situation when truth faileth. Amen. But a truth should not fail because truth will accomplish what God sends it to do. For the Word of God is truth. It is quick. It is powerful. 
powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividers of under of soul and spirit, and joining and mire, and is the discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. You see, the rest is in the way. This is why Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. He is the way to peace. He is the way to rest. And if we don't follow him, we can sure expect not to have rest. Jesus says in Mark, Matthew 16, 24, to his disciples, he that believeth on me, amen, if any man will follow me or come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Notice what he says. If you're going to deny yourself, you have to deny yourself if you're going to be his disciples and you've got to take up your cross and you've got to follow him. Rule number one to have rest is you've got to deny you. You've got to get self out of the way. You can't allow self to control you. You've got to bring self under subjection to the spirit and to the power of almighty God. You've got to deny you and you've got to take up your cross. So the cross is the way. Jesus took his cross and he went up Calvary's hill. You've got to pick up your cross somewhere in this walk. You've got to pick it up because when you pick up the cross, you're saying, I'm denying me. It's going to be all about Jesus Christ from this point on. Amen. Paul goes on. He says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but to us which are saved it is the power of God. If you want power You've got to pick up the cross because it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see your cross, it represents compassion as we heard today. Jeremiah says in Lamentation 3.22, Amen. It is of the Lord's mercy that we fail not, for His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You've got to have compassion. You've got to be moved with compassion until you pick up your cross you will never have compassion you've got to pick it up Jude said on some have compassion make a difference others pulling them out of the fire hating either their garments spotted by the sins of the flesh. You want rest? You've got to have compassion. You've got to take up your cross. You've got to follow Jesus. When he saw the multitude, the Bible said he was moved with compassion for the lost because he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Every born-again believer looking at our world today should be moved with compassion for what we see taking place. And we should go after them to begin to share with them the gospel of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must be moved with compassion to pick up your cross. You've got to have resistance in your life. Until you deny you, you're never going to have rest. Peter says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
You've got to get him out of your life. As long as Satan can keep you focused on you, he knows you're not going to be focused on Jesus. And as a result of that, you're not going to have rest. Because Jesus is the rest. He is the way. Peter says we need to resist him and he will flee from you. Amen. You have to resist sin. You have to resist temptation when it comes your way. Amen. You've got to be able to see the things and how the enemy is working against your soul. Because if you never resist you, you're never going to have the rest that you need. You've got to be obedient unto the word of God. James said, don't just be a hearer of God's word. You've got to be doers of God's word. That's why you constantly, every time you see in scripture about the way and walking in the way and standing in the way, the last portion of the scripture says, and they would not hear over and over. God says, stand you and ask, where's the good way? Where's the old path? And walk in it and you'll find rest for your soul. But he says they would not hear that's why Isaiah says amen they made their way cricket because why they would not hear you've got to hear the word of God thy word have I hid in my heart so that I will not sin against thee in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was anything made that was made in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the word became flesh, and it dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them are your servants warned and in keeping of them are great reward. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation Meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's the word of God. For thy word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividings of under of soul and spirit. And joint and mire. And as the discerner of the thoughts and the intent of your heart. It's the word of God. You've got to be obedient. If you won't rest, that word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my pathway. The entrance to your word, give it light. This, the psalmist says in Psalms 119.50, is my comfort and my afflictions. Thy word has quickeneth me. It is the word of God that we must obey if we won't rest. If we don't obey him, because he is the word. If we don't obey him, we cannot expect to have rest. 
They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. The writer says, let us beware. Lest in the same spirit of unbelief get in our hearts. Amen. That we can't enter. I don't know about you. As the song says, I believe God. That he will do. Just as he says, trust and obey. Believe him and say, I believe. I believe God. If you need salvation now or the Holy Ghost in power, just trust and obey. Believe him and say, I believe. I believe God. The word of God is set. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. We stand on God's word. We obey God's word so that we have the things that we have need of. Catch it. He is the Word. You've got to obey Him. If you don't obey Him, Jesus said, the same Word that I'm telling you now is going to judge you in the last days. The same Word is going to stand before you. Jesus Christ will be on the throne and He will judge you based on the Word of God. That's why the book of Revelation says, and the books were open." And everyone was judged out of the books because it is the Word of God. Peter lets you know this is of no private interpretation. He says, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God told them what to write. God told them what to say. And as a result, it's for you and I. It is to bring us rest. It is to give us eternal salvation. It is to strengthen us. In the time of need, you can stand on the Word of God. You can take it to the bank and get a dividend for it. Do you trust Him? Obey the Word of God. Because if not, then fear will set in. Anxiety will set in. Weary will set in. And none of those things are of God. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you the spirit of fear. He's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you a sound mind. So if you don't have rest, you need to check your mind. Hello? What are you focusing on? Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he careth for you. Rejoice evermore, Paul says. And again, I said rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You just got to get back to worshiping. You just got to keep your focus on him. That's what Calvary is all about. That's why the cross was higher on the hill than anything else. That's why Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. You can't lose your focus. He's higher than any problem. He's higher than any circumstance. He's higher than any situation. Look unto me, the Bible says, and be ye saved all the end of the earth. For I am God, and there's none else. I know not another God. He's the only one. Hear, O Israel. 
Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And you must love Him with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up into glory. You've got to obey this Word if you want rest. See, your cross means servanthood. When you say, I'm taking up my cross and following you, you saying, God, I want to be just like you. Because Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be ministered to, but he came to minister. And so you've got to have a servant's heart. Amen. You've got to get in the habit of serving others. When Jesus told the woman about the Good Samaritan story, it was all about servanthood. When he told the story, amen, about the woman with the alabaster box. It was all about servanthood. We've got to get into the mind of being a servant. If Jesus didn't come to be served, I can't come to be served. But I must serve others. That's the overall goal that I've got to have if I want to have rest in my soul. Paul says in Galatians 5.13, and serve one another in love. Amen. And so that we can find this rest. David says, amen, in Psalms 100, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. For we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Being thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord. Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth. And do it to all generations. We've got to get in the mindset of servanthood. If I say I'm a Christian, if I say I got a cross, then I've got to have a servant's heart. I've got to have a servant's attitude. It's not about me. Solomon said a good man is satisfied from himself. So I've got to take a step from me. Anytime I pick up my cross. It's not about me. It's about Him. Because He's the one that's going to give me rest and take me to that place that I'm headed for. Luke writes in Luke 17.10 He says, When you've done all the things that is commanded of you, He says, Say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty. Oh my. We got a duty. <laughs> so when I take up my cross. Amen. When I've done everything. That he's commanded of me to do. I got to say. I did that. Which is my duty. This old song says. If I walk. In the pathway of duty. Oh yeah. If I seek for his sheep that's already gone astray, I shall see the great king in all his glory. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord, when I've gone the last mile of the way. It's our duty. 
to go tell somebody what God has did for me. It is my duty to reach to the lost. It is my duty to have compassion on those that are without. It is my duty to live holy and separated unto the Lord. It is my duty, amen, to do all unto the glory of the Lord. It is my duty to not be selfish. It is my duty to take every opportunity to tell somebody what God has done for me. I've got to seize the initiative and the opportunity. It's my duty not to yield to temptation. It's my duty to flee from sin. It's my duty to flee from doing wrong. And when I've done all those things He has commanded of me, all I can say, I've done what He has asked of me to do. I've been a servant for the Lord God Almighty. Jesus said, you are my witnesses and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am He. Before me was no God formed, neither shall there be after me I. Even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. He is our Master, and we are the servants of Him. Amen. And I've got to have a servant's heart if I want rest. Praise God. Think about giving a good day's work. You ever notice when you really have a good rest is when you get a good work, you come home, you get yourself a good shower, get yourself a good glass of cold water, and you just lay back in your lazy boy, and you just pass out. Right? I tell you, man, some of the best rest I get is after church on Sunday. We go home, and Sister Park has knocked out some good meals, and I like a pig at a trough. <laughs> I hit my recliner, man, and drop back. Sometimes, man, it's 7 o'clock in the evening before I wake up. Peace, rest. You know why? Because Scripture says He gives His beloved rest. No worries. Don't worry about the small stuff. He says, you cast that stuff on me. Because I want you to be at peace. I want you to be at rest. See, when I take up my cross, <laughs> I got to be submissive to him. Amen. I got to do what he's asking me to do. See, because I want to submit myself to every ordinance, Paul says, of the Lord. Whether to kings or supreme or to governors or them, they sin. Amen. I want to be in obedience and submission to the things of God. You see, because when I'm submissive to the things of God, what it's doing here is it's ushering in my eternal salvation. Paul says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. He said, the light afflictions which is working in you only for a moment. They are working a more eternal and exceeding weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. There's a rest that's waiting for you. There's a rest that's waiting for me. You see, that's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, Paul writing, he says, if Jesus had given 
them the rest. He would have not spoken of another day. That word Jesus there translate Joshua when he brought them into the promised land. He says if Joshua would have gave the children of Israel the rest, they would have never spoke of another day. But they spoke of another day for what? The people of God. I've come to tell you today that it's the rest. The Holy Ghost is the rest. That's why the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven as of a Russian money wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Now dwelling at Jerusalem was Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was Noah's abroad, the multitude came together and was confounded, and that he heard every man speak in his own language. And they was amazed in doubt. Amen. So not all these which speak Galileans, and how we hear every man in our own tongue wherein they was born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and parts of Libya about Serene, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselyte Creeks and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. And they was amazed and doubt said, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the eleven, say, you men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see visions, dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And upon my servants and handmaidens will I pour out of that day in my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I shall wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was the day that he has spoken of, that he would give them rest. The Holy Ghost is rest. This is why Isaiah says in Isaiah 28, 11 and 12, with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak unto my people? Wait, he said, this is the rest that shall call the weary the rest. And this is the refreshing. But what? They wouldn't hear. Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to my people. Wherefore, he said, this is the rest. It's called the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. The Holy Ghost is the rest. God created heaven and earth. And on the seventh day, he rested. Jesus says that the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. It is the Spirit of God. Romans 8 and 9, if any man have not the Spirit of God, he's none of his. In other words, if you don't have the Spirit, don't expect to have rest. 
He spoke of another day. And that day has come so that everyone can have the rest. The cross brought the rest. When Jesus lugged that cross up to Calvary and they buried him with those nails on that cross, when they pierced him in his side and he hung his head and he died, he said, it is finished. When you take up your cross, you are supposed to say, it is finished with the world. I am through with the world. I am focusing my life on Jesus Christ. I am focusing on where he's taking me to. I am going to be compassionate. I'm going to be resistant to the things of this world and the things of the devil. I'm going to be obedient unto his word. I'm going to submit myself to the things of God. I'm going to be a servant for the Lord Jesus Christ. For the rest of my life. Amen. It's the Holy Ghost. Uh, is the rest. Uh, and it's in the way. Amen. There is no other way. As we heard earlier. Then Peter said unto them. Repent. Uh, and be baptized. Uh, every one of you. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. Uh, and you shall receive the gift. Uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, for the promises to you. Uh, and to your children. Unto all. All that are formed, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt and save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his word was baptized. And there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. And they noticed they decided to take up their cross and follow him. Because the rest is in the way. Jeremiah six sixteen, the Lord said, Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your soul. And we don't want like I don't like that last part. That's what they say. They said, well, I ain't going to do that. Well, if you ain't going to do what God's telling you, don't you expect to have rest? You know, he's not going to stand there with a, a gun to your head. As Phillips Craig and Dean says, I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be like him. Ain't nobody holding a gun to my head. This is how I choose to live. You decide for you, and I'll decide for me. And since the choice is mine, this is how I choose to live. One day when you're getting down on the dark side of town, this choice I made will be lifting me out of here. Amen. (laughs) So we've got to realize, amen, that he wants us in the right way. See, and the way is the Holy Ghost. The rest is the Holy Ghost. See, because if we're led by the Spirit, then we're the children of God. And he will take us to the rest of what he has for us. They looked for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, (coughs) there you shall be also. And I plan on being with you. What about you? Let's stand this morning. Amen.
Praise God. The Bible goes on and let us know. And Isaiah says that there is a way. Amen. And there's a way. And it shall be called the ways of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those the wafer and men. Though fools shall not enter in. There's a way. And the rest. The Holy Ghost is the way. Amen. Praise God. Whoa. Hallelujah. Let's worship him right now. God, I praise you right now, Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you for the right way, oh, God. I thank you for the rest, oh, God. I thank you, oh, God, that you are our comforter, oh, God. I thank you, Lord God, for your spirit. Hallelujah, God. I praise you. I worship you, God.